So I want to invite um, Katie and the Hoffmans. Hoffmans, come on down. And Jeremiah to come up. And I've shared some of my experiences. I want them to share some of their experiences with you all of this past week together. we go. Um, I was super grateful to get to go on this trip, and I think the main uh, positive thing that I took away was getting to know all of these guys a little bit better. Um, we spent a lot of time in the car, <laughs> um, but it was also super neat to get to uh, make connections with a bunch of other pastors and teams um, from churches all over the country, and some from Canada. <laughs> and um, just hear what everybody is kind of facing in their own communities um, and how every community is different and every community has its own challenges and the ways that people are getting really thoughtful and creative around how to deal with those. And it, it was interesting to think about our community in the context of that because um, I think being in it all the time, you forget what makes it unique. And so it was really neat to get outside of that and talk to some other people and be encouraged. It was also really fun to feel known by all these people that I had never met before. And everyone was like, Oak Church, we love Oak Church. You're from Oak, right? And I was like, how does everybody know that? Um, so yeah, it was just really um, neat and encouraging. And I was, yeah, super grateful to go. Um, hi, I'm Jeremiah. Uh, <clears throat> honestly, how many of you are wondering why I'm wearing a sweater? <laughs> Don't be shy. Raise your hand. <laughs> um, it, th there's a reason and, and probably a lesson in it. So I uh, woke up this morning getting the kids dressed, opened my phone, checked check the weather out, and... Uh, the, the forecast was that the high today was going to be 47 and rainy. And I uh, didn't, didn't think that was strange because the new normal these days seems to be that, sure, it can be 80 one day and 40 the next, right? So I just asked, okay, let's get everyone dressed in long sleeves and make sure they're going to be warm, including myself. And uh, then we got here, and because Rebecca, our middle daughter, wanted to wear short sleeves, and we were like, no, you need to wear long sleeves. So we get here, and she sees Noah and a couple other Titus, and they're like, they're wearing short sleeves. Why couldn't I wear short sleeves? And I get out, and I was like, it does feel like a warm 47. <laughs> um, and uh, then I realized that, oh, my, uh, my weather app was still set to Dillsburg, Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is where we were. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, so part of, here's the connection. <laughs> Uh, one of the themes of the conference was, uh, you know, sharing the gospel and, and lots of talk about how we contextualize the gospel. And also driving over, I was trying to think about what, what do I want to share? And I was, the things that were coming to mind just felt a bit inadequate. And then it, it, the thought occurred to me, is like, the, what happened this morning is a perfect 
uh, example of poor contextualization <laughs> that <clears throat> when you try to live out a reality in the wrong context, uh, it really makes everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so I, I will apologize later to my wife and kids. And, and I appreciate Marcus, uh, his, uh, his willingness to look at me and say, you must be burning up in that. <laughs> and so even if other people looked at me and say, wow, he's wearing a sweater, that's odd, and just chose to keep it to yourself. You know, there are people willingness to point out the obvious and say, that doesn't fit here. <laughs> and I don't have any perfect examples of how, you know, how we live out contextualization, but it's definitely something for us to think about um, that I will continue to think about. Um, and so in addition to that, yeah, and had a wonderful time getting to know everyone else and really grateful that we are part of a network. If you don't know, our church does not have a denominational affiliation. So having, being part of a network that offers uh, support and encouragement and inspiration, not only to us as a church as a whole, but also to Chris, because I don't think any one of us can, can really identify with some of the stresses and pressures and emotional burdens of being uh, a lead pastor. Um, that there are people in this network that he can reach out to and that can truly identify with, with where he's at and the things that he experiences. And just the network overall, there's great diversity, great humility, and seem to be genuinely authentic and, um, and humble people that I, as I got to experience the network for the first time, I was, I was proud to know that that's the group of people that Oak is affiliated with um, on a larger scale. Yeah, so um, I did think as we were driving back, uh, if, if I was in a different phase of life, I would, uh, I would pitch a, a small group. So we have mustard seed groups here, here at Oak, which is kind of our name for our small groups or cell groups or whatever, kind of how we kind of get a, a smaller group to get a, a different kind of community that we can't get in the, in the large group. I think I would pitch a, a mustard seed group that just did road trips. Like, this week we're going to D.C. Uh, or whatever. You just get a very different, you know, um, sense of people. And you get to know people a lot better when you're, like, debating who's going to get the middle seat for the next stretch, right? Um, so I, I would go ahead and do that myself. But involving preschoolers, I think, would change that dynamic a bit to the negative. The soundtrack certainly would uh, yeah, suffer. Um, so I'll leave that to someone else, uh, someone else here. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was debating how much to share, and I will I will go on the on the shorter side. So one of the things I thought was really interesting, um, I kind of walked out with was uh, from one of the breakout sessions that was talking about uh, spiritual formation, and um, the the fellow was making the argument that you know we usually uh, live our our life kind of our kind of spiritual kind of walk or, or path um, usually kind of goes between uh, what he would call the managed life where we're kind of we're we've, we've kind of got it together I think he said that it's, it's where we uh, focus on on looking and feeling good and we, we feel like we're, we're, we're pretty much making it or we're at least we can look like we are and then what he would call the wounded mode or the wounded life where we're we're not like we're, we're not even you know we can't 
it doesn't look like we're, like we're making it. And then once we're there, we're, we're spending most of our energy trying to get back to where we can you know, be managed. Um, he was arguing that there's, there's maybe a, another option or at least uh, you know, somewhere to, to sit. Um, and you know, it's, it's a full day seminar that he compressed into an hour and a half that I'm compressing into a minute and a half. So be aware that if it sounds you know, trite, it's, it's, that's why. But um, there's perhaps a value in and uh, first asking what, um, you know, if I have to go through this, if this, if this whatever it is, this wounding is, is, this, is something I have to go through, um, I, I, I probably will not get the answer of why did God allow this. It's a totally valid question, but it's, it's, a, it's a big question. But I may get an answer for what might, how might God form me through this. And... And I thought it was interesting, I'm still kind of processing that as someone who, who's always fighting with depression, things like that, um, and it was kind of on a, on a low point kind of going into the, the week. Um, it's just an interesting kind of thing to kind of chew through, um, that not to say that this is, you know, God has done this to me to teach me something, but, but yet, um, how might this get used anyway? How might, how might God form me through this? Um, that was an interesting, interesting thought to kind of uh, walk away with, and that's what I'll, that's what I'll leave with you guys. All right. Um, for me, uh, I was super excited to be back. Uh, I went two years ago, and I took Sam with me, so I was extra super excited to be back without a baby strapped to my chest the whole time. Um, yeah, thank you, grandparents. Um, but the the word that that kept coming to mind as I was reflecting on our time there was community um, and relationship. Uh, Ecclesia calls itself our relational network um, that's tied together not necessarily by a strong specific doctrinal statement, but by the relationships we have, um, first of all, with the person of Jesus and also with each other. Um, and just looking at the leadership and the way that they interact with each other, um, there is such obvious mutual respect and love and care between the members of the leadership team. And they are all obviously in love with Jesus and, and really tuned in to the Holy Spirit and totally willing to change plans on a dime if that's what they feel like they're being called to do. Um, which is just, it's so encouraging for me to see that acted out. Um, and specifically to see that acted out um, with men and women together. Um, I don't feel like that's necessarily something we see a lot of um, growing up in the church. Um, and also the, the churches themselves in the network all have a really deep desire to be in community with one another in community with Jesus, and also in community with um, people who are different from them, and especially people who are marginalized. Um, and to really, some of the churches, um, I guess Chris talked about a couple of the churches and some things that, that they've been doing to be in community with those who are different from them. Um, there was another church who talked about uh, holding a service uh, one evening uh, in wake of the Me Too movement for um, women and men who uh, either had been, were survivors of some sort of assault or abuse or, or just 
misogyny um, or who were just grieved over it. Um, and just to make space in church to um, listen and to lament um, and to pray to do better. Um, so just that idea of making space and listening to people, particularly people who haven't been listened to well, um, either in larger society or by the church, um, I think that's something else that's a real value that Ecclesia holds. And it, it, it made us feel, it made me feel like, like, oh yeah, we really belong here. This is who we want to be. Um, and this is who we are on our, on our better days. Um, yeah, and then the other the other thing that I was reflecting on was that, um, you know, there was a lot of talks on evangelism and um, just I think those of us who grew up in the church have some baggage around evangelism um, or can uh, at least makes us feel squirmy if nothing else. Um, but these descriptions of evangelism were really just joyful outgrowths of our relationship with Jesus um, and our relationships with other people. Um, and that was something that felt hopeful and good and in line with kind of who we are and who we want to be um, and not necessarily like this programmatic thing that you have to memorize and go do. Um, so that was really cool. <laughs>